Welcome to Gold Diggers, a podcast on strategy, goals, and growth. We'll cover all sorts of topics on OKRs, KPIs, strategy, and everything in between. Gold Diggers is brought to you by Purdue, a powerful gold management platform that helps organizations bridge the strategy execution gap. Use Purdue to increase transparency, alignment, and accountability, and simply head over to purdue.com to sign up for your very own free account. That is P-E-R-D-O-O.com. Welcome to another episode of Gold Diggers. I'm Henrik, founder and CEO of Purdue. Joining me today is Vlad Filipov from Spark Equation. Vlad, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Hey, how you doing, Henrik? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Vlad Filipov. I'm CEO founder of Spark Equation. Uh, we're a boutique uh, consulting company specializing on uh, complex B2B applications and uh, product design and strategy. We've been uh, doing this for over six years now. Uh, excited to uh, use OKRs and uh, Purdue in particular. And how did you find out about OKRs? And uh, perhaps even more interesting, like once you found out about OKRs, what, what made you decide to uh, to implement that in your organization? And perhaps you could also share a bit of insights about at what stage your organization was when you decided to to implement it. So what were like what was what, what created the immediate need for something like OKR? Yeah. So. I heard about OKRs first time about 2016. Uh, it was the uh, first, second year into uh, running the company. And uh, at that point, uh, it became apparent to me that um, the kind of let's do everything that sticks uh, doesn't work anymore. And uh, in order to get to growth stage, we needed to uh, figure out what and how we doing things and why we doing things. So uh, that that's when I started uh, educating myself on um, ultimately how to run a company. Because when I first started, I was like, okay, so this is a business. This is what we do. We build software. Okay, so let's go. And it got us to a certain point. Uh, but uh, after that, it's like, okay, so what's what's next? What's uh, how do we get better? And uh, I started learning about it. I read uh, multiple articles about it. Um, I saw some of us, and throughout the years, I saw some of our clients uh, implementing them, and I liked them. I liked them, uh, so I started trying it. This is my third uh, approach, kind of attempt to implementing OKRs this year, uh, and um, I tried to do this in 2018, then 2020, right right before pandemic, and um, with various success rates, I guess. Uh, but overall, because this is a third attempt, those two attempts, I, uh, they, they didn't really stick. So, But still, they kept you motivated. Yes, because again, the, the problem is still apparent that we need a direction and alignment. Uh, we needed to have certain uh, beacons and uh, pillars in the sand, right? And we needed to know where to go. Uh, and that had to be not just in my head, or ahead of a couple of people that I talk to regularly, like a leadership team, but it had to be brought to everyone in a company, in an organization. And, you know, we're always been a remote first company. Uh, we always been uh, distributed. Uh, and um, it's hard to align the team without uh, being really explicit and transparent. So um, what I tried to do with OKRs, uh, I tried different tool sets. But my first attempt, okay, so tool set fine. It was a Google Sheet, right? So it works. But my first thing was I created this space station that I call it with a lot of different things in this. 
And um, when I present to the team, they're like, okay, this looks great, but Vlad, this is unattainable. This is just too much. This is something that maybe we're not going to be able to achieve like ever. And do you even have resources for that? And let's be honest here, my results and my, um, the results that I said, uh, the, uh, the key results, right? Objectives, okay, fine, but the key results, they were not really measurable. They're not really uh, achievable. They were more like wishful thinking uh, than anything else. So, um, and because of the tools that I used also, the team was not able to provide the feedback. It was, it was basically static. You know, I came up with it at the beginning of the year. I share this screen uh, with the team. I share this uh, Google uh, sheet with the, with the team. And they looked at it and said, okay, flat, okay, let's see what happens. And then because there's so many of them, because the environment was changing, uh, by uh, Q end of Q1, everybody already forgot what we planned to do in, the, in um, the beginning of the year. And uh, it was just uh, process as usual. You know, it's like, let's work on what works and let's just do what we do. And uh, the goals, okay, we'll revisit them at the end of the year. Again, let's see where we are, right? So that was the first attempt. Second attempt was more dynamic in 2020, uh, where I said, okay, fine, let me... Uh, scale it down, uh, let me uh, pick fewer goals, let me uh, get a more dynamic tool. I started using the OKR plugin, plugin for Jira uh, and uh, try to connect the uh, strategy with execution. And uh, it worked, but it didn't, uh, well, because also pandemic started. So I don't know if that um, potentially kind of threw me Is off Is that track. the plugin uh, called Upraise? No, I think it's called OKRs. Uh, yeah, they just—that's okay. the okay. plugin for uh, for Jira. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, the team was not taking to that. Also, um, I think because that plugin is again—that's my perception—too too much rooted into Jira and execution. And Jira has this tactical purpose, right? The team looks at Jira as like it's a tactical execution. The OKRs—it's something secondary. Right, the strategy is something secondary. So you basically put in strategy tools into the execution tool and they take a second right. stage versus the front stage. And that's where you know this why, what, and how they flip. You start with the how and then you kind of tag the why to it. If we're talking about a um, give you an example from software engineering, is a TDD test during development or unit testing, right? It's like you're doing unit testing as an afterthought. You're not starting with the testing. You're not starting with or discovery. You're not starting with the user. You're doing it after because you just need to check a checkbox and not something you actually doing it because you, you know it works or you know it's the right thing to do. So, and that was a also a failure for me. And also uh, the pandemic started. So I was not able to, that was my fault. I was not able to uh, recalibrate fast enough. And when I got back to this, uh, goals that I set up for 2020 uh, in like September 2020, uh, 20, right? It's nine months later. It was already too late. So I said, okay, I'm going to start uh, fresh. And that's where I'm going to start. I started looking for a tool that would put strategy and uh, first, right? And OKRs first and also give us the, um, give us the uh, points and dynamic points. What I like about Purdue in this case is that it has those best practices. It has uh, those uh, uh, examples of the goals right there. Once you're writing them, you don't have to open a, another page. You don't have to go look on a website. You're there and you're working with this in real time. 
right? And then you can connect everything else to that. You can connect your execution to that. You can connect Jira to this. But the ultimate goal, the pillars, they take the front stage and uh, the team's attention is basically, um, you put a, a flashlight on it, right? You, you, you basically uh, center forward, forward and center. And another thing too, but that comes to me because throughout my two attempts before, I realized that, look, first I needed to scale down. Okay, well, let's be realistic. Let's reset the expectations. B, I need to make sure that those um, key results are actually measurable. They're not just initiatives. They're actually measurable. I know where we're going, why we're doing things. I know uh, how we're measuring them. And I know through what we're trying to achieve it or we plan to achieve it. And uh, all those three things are constantly in like dynamic execution. And um, um, that's what I did uh, this time around. Scale things down. I brought a team early on. Uh, I brought everyone uh, in place. And I also improved my cadences personally as a CEO. Uh, and I started being more consistent because instead of doing quarterly updates now i'm doing monthly updates to the team i'm showing this every month we're doing a dynamic check-ins every week right we're never letting off we're never just oh we're gonna come back to this in three months we are not doing the strategy exercise OKRs exercise as the afterthought as something that somebody made us to do we started our day with that basically we start our week with that right we have check-ins with the team or daily updates you know weeklies and uh, we go into check-ins, we look it up, we see what's been done. And again, we always ask our questions, uh, what's happening. So this year, we had some curveballs as well with the uh, competition and uh, the environment, the, what's going on in the world. And I had to recalibrate. Yeah. I had to recalibrate a lot. And because I had this tool and now a mindset, it was natural to me. I said, okay, fine. So I'm going to recalibrate. I'm going to scale even more down because I started with the four goals for this year. I scaled out to two because four became unattainable. And I realized that you know, back in like Q1, but I scaled it down. And now I was able to recalibrate and realign all the resources, all the team time, and I can show it. And the team also appreciates that because they see that um, we're still going in a direction we chose, but we're now more focused. And they see that I'm responding and the leadership team is responding to the uh, reality that is happening and not just yeah. not just being like, OK, yeah, we planned this a year ago and yeah, we know things change, but we're not going to plan it or this is a plan. We're going to have to stick to it, even though it's not unrealistic. I, I, I'd like to talk about the um, yeah about the benefits that you're seeing uh, in your organization uh, in, in a minute. But before we move to that point, it, it was it was really interesting to hear like the different approaches that you've tried and all the things that you've learned over these past couple of years since you started working with OKRs. And I think there's already so many tips and best practices that you packaged in your in your answer here. Um, but I'd like to go one step further back just to understand better, like what, what was that situation in your company that made you uh, decide to implement OKR? So what I found really interesting is that you mentioned at the start, you started a business, uh, you were doing, you, you knew what you had to do. You were doing these things and you said that up to a certain point that actually worked. And I mean, I, I can guess some answers, of course, like perhaps it's the size of the, it's, it's revenues increasing and it becomes more serious or the team size is increasing. But what is it that made you realize all of a sudden that like, hey, 
the way we've been doing things up until now, this doesn't work anymore. This is not what's going to get us to the next few milestones for our business. What were those things? Was it team size? Was it new hires that didn't understand what was happening? What, what, what was it in your company that you observed that you said, okay, we have to change some practices right now? Yeah, it was a combination. Um, as we started growing, it became apparent to us that uh, the complexity is increasing and the level of um, the products and projects that we're building, the number of moving things, different variables and factors increasing as well. And uh, we realized that we need to start making some strategic choices and both on uh, from a client perspective, from the uh, verticals, from the, um, the types of the technologies that we're using, and then the skill set as well, right, in, in a team. And uh, I realized that I can't just have a disconnected uh, hiring where we're hiring people and they're training uh, potentially on something that we're not going to be doing. And, and having a sales function and having uh, marketing, they're all kind of pulling in different directions, right? Because if we get a client that I don't have the skill set for, right, or have a skill set that's not matching exactly, I'm going to fail with that client, right? So that means before we go on to the uh, marketing and sales, uh, before we start doing a lot of the work uh, with the discoveries uh, or hiring, Right. We need to make sure that we know where we're going, because otherwise, when we get there, because one of the functions succeed, okay, I have a great team, but then there's a mismatch between the project that we're getting. Well, we're gonna fail then, and then that's it, we're done. And um, before, up to a certain size and up to a certain complexity, I was able to uh, kind of turn it on a on a you know on a napkin and spit and say, okay, I'm just gonna go hire a team. I'm gonna go figure out. The level of complexity and the skill is needed is not that high um, or not as deep. So I'll be able to figure it out. But once we started getting to that next level, that was apparent. It's like, okay, this is not going to work anymore. You just, you, you don't have enough hours in the day. You don't have enough uh, time. You don't have enough money to just do what you needed to do. And, you know, from what I remember before, like, again, I used to rock climb. Uh, when I was a teenager. And uh, before you get to next level, you need to be ready for that next level. Uh, you can't just go there uh, if yeah. you're not ready. You're just going to, it's going to end up. So you need to have everything set up first. You need to train, you need to figure out, you need to prepare for it. And then you take that on, right? So that was for me that step where, okay, let's align it. Let's get the tools. Let's figure out where we're going. Let's put those beacons in place. Let's have those waypoints. Let's still be um, flexible and agile, but let's put those beacons in place and uh, explain it to the team. And then we can go again, right? Or we can go to the next level, I mean. Um, and so that that was the point. Again, it was a size, the complexity, and yeah. um, the, uh, the abilities. Understood. That, that, was, uh, that was definitely a helpful clarification. Now, um, you ended your previous answer saying, uh, or you were, you were starting to share like some of your insights about like the benefits that this has unlocked in your company and some of the changes that, that you've observed. Yeah. Could you share more about that? Like, I mean, you have a couple of years of experience with OKRs now. You had previous attempts that failed. Um, you kept working through that and you've gotten to a level that you see and you have an approach now that you believe is better than what you had in the past. Now, since you've started working on, on this, this most recent approach, like what are some of the changes that you've been able to observe across the organization? 
So the first thing is the kind of benefits fall into three categories. It's like people, the team, execution planning. So I start with the team because the team is a foundation of everything we do. Um, the team, um, I see that, and I see that from behavior perspective. I see that from the results and from the outcomes we're getting. Uh, they get it now. You know, they, 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 they see what we do. They see why we do it. They see where we're going. They see how we're making changes. If we're making changes, why we're making those changes, like in strategy and a direction. And there's no more, like I've had those situations, like, but Vlad, why are we doing this? Why are we working with this, this uh, product like this? Why are we working with the client like this? Why are we changing this direction? Right. Uh, and um, what, what happened before that, that's, that, that's a detractor, right? Because you have a great team member, you have a great skill set, but that skill set is not working towards how to achieve the goal or results, how to get us there, how to help our clients, how to get us to next level. But that, skill set that mind is trying to figure out why we're doing it it's like uh first things like why are we doing it? is that the right thing uh, are we going the right direction so now um they don't i took that problem away right or at least i'm working on that and it's working because i see that the team's like okay well i get it yeah it's like makes sense and if it doesn't make sense i can ask you uh like before we actually start executing on that right as opposed to uh, later on in uh, um in the process. Well, the second thing is, again, that leads to execution because um, the team is focused and it gives them more power and self-organization because now they know the goals and they own the resources that they have and the time. And now they're able to self-organize better and uh, self-align those resources better because they don't have to come to me and say, okay, Vlad, but can I do this? No, because they see the goal and if it aligns, yes, they can do it. If they don't, well, then they might ask me about it. If we, but ultimately, now they see it. Before, they either would do something that was completely not aligned, or they would have to go to me. And going to me, that's you know not practical, uh, especially again in a distributed world. We try to build this asynchronous self-organization, uh, self-organizing organization, where there's a 360 transparency. And I like to use this model: pop sub from the engineering, publish or subscribe. You publish what you do, it's almost automatic, and I subscribe to it if I need to know. But ultimately, uh, it's a complete observability. And the team is self-organizing based on the goals that are set and based on the fact that they're participating in that. And then the planning as well, um, I now, that's on me. It's not necessarily OKR, but I just realized that I need to do a better job because there's no magic bullet. There's no magic. Oh, I'm just going to implement OKR. I'm just going to put those goals, mission statements. I've had that before, but it's a daily work that you have to actually do as a leader uh, to align your team around it, right? The instrument is important, but if you don't know how to use it, well, or you're not using it right, you're still going to fail. So that is the part where I said, look, I need to be more consistent. I need to bring the team in early. I need to let them work with this and give feedback uh, and participate in that stuff. Uh, sometimes team is more involved, sometimes it's less, but ultimately I know that they see it and I'm being transparent to them as much as uh, they are uh, to, to the rest. And what I like about um, you know, tools like Purdue is um, the check-ins, right? For example, check-ins are org-wide. There, I do my check-in and everyone in the team, they see it. And there's no, oh, I'm just going to uh, 
do my check-in and then I'm going to distribute to someone's like, no, our director of marketing, for example, uh, she does check-ins and uh, she sees my check-in. She knows what I'm working on and what, what she's working on. And there is no, this cloud of, oh, CEO is somewhere doing something nobody knows about <laughs> and everyone is doing something else. Because before what I seen before is like this hierarchy where I knew what's going on in the company because I see everyone's doing stuff, but they didn't really know what I'm doing. And that also um, kind of put a dent in your um, I don't know, respect to towards you, towards me yeah, in this case. Absolutely. But I noticed like, but what are you doing? That's what I do right now. And everyone sees this and is like, okay, so fine. So this, this is great. So I'm not just sitting there, uh, you know, somewhere and uh, uh, looking at everyone doing the work. I'm actually doing it a lot. And now everyone sees this. So that's important for us as well. Hey, you mentioned a few things that, that, that could be highly interesting for, for employees and, and for the different teams. I mean, being more self-organized and, and more autonomous as a team or as an individual, for example, uh, being able to see progress better, not being siloed anymore. Did you have any challenges implementing OKRs across the organization with your teams? Like, do people naturally see the benefits of this? Do they appreciate the benefits or was it not that straightforward? Um, from my experience, when I first started, uh, it was a 10,000 feet view and, um, people generally, the team generally understood that it's valuable, but they didn't really buy it because, okay, well, this is great. This is valuable. Again, as I said, my goals were really overly optimistic, sometimes wishful thinking. And it was, uh, kind of thought as just an exercise that, um, is done there like okay vlad and the team is getting together uh directors are getting together and um figuring that out but what's going to happen nobody knows and we're probably not going to get there right or it's just going to end up being something else right because that's been like the last year a year before that. so the team didn't really see the end result of that execution again they couldn't put the dust together and that's why uh to me there was not enough of buy-in uh, and again, when the first attempt, the second attempt, that was discouraging to me. I was thinking, what was going on, right? What's, am I, is, is that a tool? Is that the, um, uh, you know, the setup? But I like to look in the mirror first. So I look in the mirror and I said, look, let's start with me because I think I'm not doing that uh, implementation properly. I think I'm not doing, I'm not putting enough work, as I mentioned before, that I should have. And I think I was able to turn around. So um, the second thing is to, um, to instill that self-management into uh, everyday's work and to basically trust the team and say, look, guys, this is the goal. We agreed on that, right? We saw all this, right? Now you have certain resources, you have certain budgets, you have certain things. It's up to you to decide how to use that, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you're the ones deciding what to do with your time during the day, right? And how to achieve it. So take ownership of that uh, and um, ask me or help me or help me achieve it, but come to me as a coach more, like not as a director to direct your actions, right? And that's what I'm seeing right now as well, because I'm seeing with this uh, more ownership, more responsibility, um, less uh, micromanagement, and ultimately, 
I'm achieving the goal that I set as well for myself for the organization is I hate micromanagement. I don't like it. I, I, I want to enable the teams and give them all the tools that they need and ultimately um, have this environment where the information is freely flowing. And that's what OKRs allow us to do because, again, from the top, we're setting those goals. I mean, we're 100% uh, perfect right now. No, absolutely not. Uh, there's a lot of still things to work. But uh, from a buying perspective, the main challenge was they didn't see how it works. They thought it's like too broad. They didn't see how they affect, it affects their daily lives and daily work. Now they see it and it enables them to do uh, more and better. Uh, and uh, it changes um, the outputs of the organization because people take ownership. It's like, okay, so I know. I know where I stand in this. And I'm not just here to take orders. I'm here to move things forward with everyone else. Did you... Um... Did you involve the team when you just, when you were implementing OKRs? I mean, did you involve them from, from the start or did you like tailor the approach together with them or was that mainly coming from the top? So we're, we kind of have a flatter organization because we do uh, different products that we're building and uh, in every team uh, we have different uh, like team leads and then the team members and we, we don't really have this giant um, you know, hierarchy because it's a small business. So I did not have any formal engagement saying like, look, uh, this is the OKRs, the trainings, everyone else. What I did uh, throughout a year, like last year, right? I talked to different members of the team and I was soliciting feedback uh, and um, seeing how and who uh, works better in what setups, right? And then I was able to bring them in. Once I put a certain uh, blueprint together, I bring them in and I said, look, guys, this is this is my thoughts right now. Like, I got it based on the feedback that I work with you, my experience. What do you think? Right. So it's not complete bottom up, but uh, it is. I think it's a hybrid approach right now that works for our size and for our organization, where it's not like, OK, I'm just myself and a leadership team. And then here's what we're going to be doing. But it's not also, let's go vote on what kind of uh, uh, goals we're going to be achieving now or we, we're going for. So it's a mix of here's the goals that we're thinking of based on the feedbacks that we feedback that we received um, over the last year, based on the environment, based on the competition. Uh, what do you guys think? Any kind of feedback, any kind of input? And then um, is, that gonna, is that reasonable or not? And then I work with them on setting up the key results uh, and execution because they own the execution ultimately, right? Every day, uh, and it's up to them to do this. Like with our director of marketing, our like you know, for example, sales and SDRs, they get together. It's like okay, here's our goal, here's our budgets, here's our um, in, uh, yeah. the constraints that we have. Those are realistic. Those are our key results. How do we achieve that? The um... Like, what are there any other tools and potentially even like frameworks that you use in your organization? Uh, yes, yeah, so we have created this. Well, this is our goal, one of our OKRs actually, uh, to create the self managing organization and the, uh, the correct information, data, and then the knowledge sharing is really, really important uh, for this to work. So we have several different tool sets depending on the purpose. So for um, strategy and alignment, we use Purdue. 
For um, product management execution, we use Product Board. For uh, uh, sales marketing, we use uh, specialty tools like for sales, we use HubSpot. For um, uh, for uh, marketing, we use HubSpot and ZoomInfo. And then uh, we use uh, several several tools on the engineering side: Jira, Linear B. It's engineering intelligence. And then for people management, uh, we use Lattice. And together, those tools allow us to take care of the strategy, execution, knowledge sharing. We get Guru we use for that. The um, the marketing and sales pieces, part of things. And then um, for Lattice, for example, it allows us to uh, uh, connect with our team and do a regular updates and uh, check-ins and uh, performance reviews. So we kind of tie that together back. So we have people, strategy, and goals, and we tie them all together. Yeah, interesting, because that's that's exactly how we look at the uh, the building blocks of uh, of a company as well, right? You have strategy, goals, um, and people. And at Purdue right now, we are building out that that people component. So we have the check-ins, we have the reflections, the engagement reports, etc. But the next the next things that we are currently working on are the peer recognition, uh, one-on-ones, but also uh, also performance reviews. Do, by the way, do you do you see value of having it all in one product, or do you rather use like specialized tools for each of those? I see a lot of value having it in one product, as long as the um, the direction uh, again from my perspective, the why, what, and how is um, there. And uh, the alignment flows in a direction that it makes sense. Uh, Because right now that alignment has to be kind of artificially put together like Lego blocks, right? Because of different tools. Uh, And some tools, like I mentioned uh, with uh, uh, Jira and OKR, right? They put execution first and then uh, strategy later. And I could not realign it in the opposite direction. So we have the uh, tool that aligns the goals replaces them, the outcomes, right? The result chain, the inputs, activities, outputs, outcomes, and impact. You know, put the impact and outcomes first, then you go into outputs, your execution, and then you go to the yeah. um, activities that you need to do and then resources. And then ultimately the team that execute all of that, right? All one block. Yes, that would be uh, great. Because right now we have to jump through a lot of hoops uh, to uh, connect it all together. Cool. Thank you, Vlad. Thank you so much for, for joining us on this uh, on this episode today. Uh, I think it was very interesting for our listeners to hear about your experiences with OKR, the different approaches that you've tried, the challenges that you faced, and and the approach that you've now, yeah, gotten to that unlocks the uh, the benefits that you mentioned today in this, uh, this podcast. So thank thanks a lot for joining us, uh, and I think it will be interesting to uh, to reconnect in like six months' time to see where you are, see what changes or how you further tweaked your OKR program and uh, and how your team is taking that all in. Great, yeah, that would be, uh, be great. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, it's a great opportunity to share experience. And I hope more people uh, out there, more teams, uh, start using this approach or improve it and use Purdue for that. <laughs> thank you. Ciao, Vlad. Thanks for tuning in. Are you keen on learning more about strategy, goals, and growth? then head over to our resources hub for a ton of insightful content at purdue.com forward slash resources.